Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Pete's laughing at me, Sean's laughing at me, BK's laughing at me, everybody's laughing at me. It's the drive. Coming my name is Karen. Let's my... We will get into Pete Sweeney. Yeah. Vera and Pride. Do we have to? <laughs> to my right, it's the sports machine. Directly in front of me is Brandon Kylie. Today's pop quiz was Coach Carter. I actually learned something about Coach Carter, and I've seen that movie probably 15 times. What'd you learn? Ty Crane, you know who was like the next LeBron James on there? Yeah. Is based after Tyson Chandler. I had no clue. I did not know that. Really? Did you know that? I had no yeah, idea. Yeah, that's who Ty Crane is in the movie. He's supposed to be Tyson Chandler. I did not know that until today. Steven Spector told me that. Very happy to be joined in studio right now by the Plaid Prince, the editor-in-chief of Arrowhead Pride, lover of everyone, Pete Sweeney. How you doing, my man? Good, good to be here. Hey, I, I do love everybody. <laughs> you, I, I'm pretty much. Ready, to, ready to get into myself. Okay, lover of everybody. Do you want to start about Mahomes Drive or Frank Clark? I'll let you pick. Those were the those <laughs> like were the a two good news, stories. bad news situation. Those, those were the two big stories from the win. Do you want to start talking about how Mahomes looked like John Elway and Tom Brady, or do you want to talk about how they gave out the seventh highest um, contract to a defensive player in the NFL and hasn't worked? If he's but. a self-described lover of everybody, then I want to hear how you can do that with Frank. Clark. Love Frank Clark. Too. I want to hear how you can do no, that. I would say this. I would say this. Patrick, let's start with the goodness. Patrick Mahomes, I think, proved on Sunday. I mean, that was a game where everything felt like it was going wrong. There were three turnovers. You lose the ball three times in the third quarter. It, it really seemed that the Lions at home had capitalized on a lot of mistakes. It felt like an Achilles heel type of game. And then from the depths of what was going to be a defeat, uh, he stepped up. And the most impressive play to me, and, and I think a lot of people would agree with this, was the fourth and eight. And it made made it more so because it came under two minutes. So you take that second timeout. Andy Reid, with full knowledge, okay, if you don't get this fourth and eight, I'm taking this timeout. If you don't get this fourth and eight, the game's over. And for Patrick Mahomes to make a quick snap decision, season open lane, and says, I'm not going to lose this game, that was one of the more impressive plays of his career. Forget about the no looks. Forget about the one-handed throw. Just him taking the game by its reins and saying, we're not going to lose here in Detroit. I give Mahomes a lot of credit for this, and I think it's maybe one of the things that we don't talk about enough with Mahomes. Everybody is a weapon on the field. Deion Yelder did not have an offensive snap until Sunday, made two catches on that first drive. Byron Pringle had three or two career catches heading into the game, had a big catch in a critical moment against the game. Everybody on the field can make a play. And if I name you an offensive player for the Chiefs over the last two years, you can think of a big play that they've made in this offense. A lot of that goes to your quarterback. Yeah, and I think that's one of the better things about Mahomes. I think a lot of these great quarterbacks, even over the years, right, they all, all had their favorite targets. I mean, Brady, a little bit less to an extent because he's been doing it for so long, but then as the years go on, he he develops a favorite target. With Mahomes, it's like, I'm going to use all these guys. I'm going to go through my reads. I'm going to see who's open. I'm going to see who's going to get us to the first down marker into the, into the end zone, and that's what he goes with. And that's one of the qualities that makes him different than everybody else and better than everybody else. That being said, how much more – 
I guess, of a threat is this offense once they get Tyree killed back because it looks like he's practicing and could be back soon. Yeah, I asked Patrick Mahomes about that today, and he was saying – while we're explosive on offense, what Tyree Kill does, and and to me it's it's obvious, it just opens up everybody else. He takes so much attention because if he catches the ball and you give him five, six yards of open space, he's gone. I mean, it doesn't even matter if the defender's in front of him. You give him enough room to, to shimmy you a little bit, he's gone. And, and so that eliminates attention from Sammy Watkins, some of your run run your run guys, your run your run game, and, and Damian Williams who who's on on, on the return. Uh, track and LaShawn McCoy and t- and Travis Kelsey and so yeah you you reinsert him it's gonna feel like cheating again how would you describe how the other wide receivers have played in his absence because we've seen some huge games we've seen some inconsistency overall how do you think they've been without Tyreek Hill good enough right I mean you've had these games where uh, different guys would step up. Sammy was really good at, at, at the beginning of the season, and you had the Demarcus Robinson game. Uh, they've been good enough, but but yeah, you 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 really feel at the end of the day, okay, we know that Tyreek Hill is elite. While these other guys, I mean, they're quality NFL players. Like uh, Sammy Watkins is an above average NFL player. I don't think anyone anyone would deny that. But you are missing that elite factor, and that's what the Chiefs have in Tyreek Hill. We talked about this a little bit earlier, and I'm curious to get kind of everybody's take on this is I think the next two weeks are going to be very key in defining roles and where guys kind of fit in because we haven't really had Tyreek Hill for much of the season. He only played, what, 12 snaps so far this season. Damian Williams was really ineffective the first two games and hasn't played the last couple of games. This is going to be really big on kind of finding where guys sit. So Tyreek's coming back. What does that mean for Demarcus Robinson? What does that mean for McCole Harbin now? Mo Claiborne is now active. What does that mean for Charvarius Ward, who I believe hasn't missed a snap so far this season? Darrell Williams has played well over the last couple of weeks. What does it mean for Damian Williams or for, for Damian and Darrell Williams? I think this is a really important two, three-game stretch to really define as this team gets closer to full strength. How does Andy kind of use all the parts that he has? Yeah, and I think it becomes now, now that Tyreek Hill will be back in the mix. I don't expect it to be this week for what it's worth, but I think, you know, eventually in the next two, three weeks, he'll be back in the mix. And then it becomes, does DeMarcus get that extra time, or is it McCole Hardman? Has Hardman show you enough to say, okay, we we're, we're, we trust this guy, we're comfortable enough, we don't want to lose snaps to him. And then, you know, you talk about the Mo Claiborne thing too. To me, I look at that situation and I say, okay, as soon as Mo Claiborne is ready, he replaces Trevarius Ward. I mean, I a lot of people have been watching it, and I think a lot of people would agree with me on that. But you're you're 100% right. I think these guys will get an opportunity to keep their jobs, just how the Chiefs go and, and what does this team look like now that you're finally getting an opportunity to see what Brett Veach designed when he signed all these guys. Let's play a game really quickly. I'll let you go last. Plaid Prince, the editor-in-chief of Arrowhead Pride, Pete Sweeney. All right, fully healthy. So let's fast forward one game. I know they say you can take it. You've got to take it one week at a time. We can take it more than one week at a time. I don't have any effect on the outcome of the game. Game against Houston. Let's say that Damian Williams is back to 100%. Who gets more carries, him or Daryl Williams? Daryl Sean Williams. first. Daryl. Damian. I think Damian, can, can we go touches? Because I think touches yeah, is what t- matters. Touches, I, yeah, I think it's Damian Williams. I think Damian Williams is more involved in the offense than Daryl. Do you want to change it for touches? Or you want to keep it at? No, I'm sticking with Daryl. Okay, you're keeping it with Daryl Williams. Platt Prince, break the tie. Damian. I think it's Damian. I, I just I think the team uh, likes what he can do, and they 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 value him as more dynamic than Daryl. Now that's not to say that that that'll be the case moving forward past this year, uh, but I think as soon as Damian is healthy, he'll be right back in the mix. Sean's been trying to get rid of Damian Williams since 
week zero. I'm not the, the one who's averaging season. 1.5 yards per carry and has one touchdown in the season. That's <laughs> not on me. That's on him. I don't know why he's trying to get with a Damian Williams. As long as so we got bad. A. Williams, I'm fine. Damian Williams, the the one caveat of him is he, he just, and this has, has been a thing throughout his career, he just can't stay consistently healthy. And sometimes when you're not healthy and then you give an opportunity for other guys to step up, and you're seeing that with Daryl right now. If Daryl has an insane game, like on Sunday Night Football, explodes for X amount of yards, like I think there's a case to be made. But I think right now, as it stands, once Damien's healthy, he'll be back in the mix. I don't know who was running the social media page yesterday, so forgive me if this wasn't you, but I tweeted out the stat about Kareem Hunt and LaShawn McCoy and how close the numbers were last year. You guys retweeted. Was that you that retweeted it? Uh, I was in intermittently. Tuesday's my one day where I kind of do some other things, but I think I, was, I, I think I did retweet it. Yesterday. So when you saw that, what did you think? Because I had no clue. So I wasn't going into it with any, oh, I knew what the numbers were going to be. I was genuinely curious. I remembered that Kareem got off to a little bit of a slow start last year. So I looked it up. The numbers were way more favorable for LaShawn McCoy than I had anticipated when you saw that and you saw how close the gap was between what Kareem Hunt did last yeah. year in the first four games and where LaShawn McCoy was at. What, what, what were your impressions? Well, Shady's the best running back on this team. Uh, I mean, I, I don't I don't think that is even really debatable. I, I, I just – I think he offers you an, an elite vision and the fact that he has enough burst – left at the age of 31, I think you're going to be better off with McCoy than this journeyman who before this year and Damian Williams only saw 50 snaps or basically a red shirt rookie in, in Daryl who didn't really get a ton of work last year. I think you'll be, you're safer with McCoy. He's been there before. Granted, not on a team this good. You heard that in the locker room. He was, he was making jokes about how uh, the Chiefs don't appreciate being undefeated and how he hadn't had that in so long. But uh, I, I just think that's the best running back. And even when everyone is healthy, even when everyone is full goal, you're better off going with LaShawn McCoy than anybody else. All right, Pete. During the break, I want you to do a homework assignment. I had Sean do this homework assignment because he loves making lists. Can you <laughs> rank the offseason additions for the Chiefs and let me know where Frank Clark is on that list? Based on what we've seen so far through the first four games of the season, where would you rank Frank Clark in terms of offseason additions and <laughs> – and we'll talk about Justin Houston and what you remember most about Justin Houston his time in Kansas City. We'll do that next coming up. And if you got a question for Pete, go ahead and text it in. Text line 69306. We'll go rapid fire with the editor-in-chief, the plaid prince of Arrowhead Pride, Pete Sweeney. He's live on The Drive. The Drive, weekdays 2 to 6. Back in on The Drive, coming up in 15 minutes, we will take a trip inside the mind of the machine. So we have Pete Sweeney. He's the editor-in-chief of Arrowhead Pride in studio right now. We have given him a homework assignment. I asked him to rank the off-season additions for the Kansas City Chiefs. We did this exercise yesterday with Sean. Yeah. He had Frank Clark at 11th behind. 11th. He had him 11th behind the usher in 312. So disrespectful. And one of the ticket takers. And two parking attendants. Those guys have been really... One of those new parking attendants has been really, really good this year. So he had Frank Clark at 11. And what about the drum deck? Don't forget about the drum <laughs> deck. I can't, can't forget the drum deck. Probably should have had him on there, too. Can't forget the drum deck. He's been good. Where do you have Frank Clark on your list? Okay. Um, I was... I almost had him lower than six, but I, I, I at the end of the day, I ended up right at six. I had Tyron Matthew. Uh, granted... Uh, I, I think you expect more on the field, but he means so much when you lose Eric Berry to keeping the defense together inside the locker room. Uh, Shady McCoy, uh, Damian Wilson, Juan Thornhill, Bashad Breland, and then Frank Clark. I feel like this week has been Frank Clark week where he's kind of been the center of media and fan attention. Where do you stand on this controversy? This is where I'm at. I'll let Sean tell you before you answer. Mm -hmm. I think he's a good football player 
that because of the draft pick compensation and the contract, we now hold him to elite level expectations that I don't know if he's that player. When you think of some of the talk around him before the season, they think he's the second best pass rusher in the NFL behind Khalil Mack. I think people are holding him to a Khalil Mack, Aaron Donald standard, and I just don't think he's that kind of player. Where Sean's a little bit different on Frank Clark. I mean, Pete, he's got one more sack than I do, and I've been sitting behind a microphone with this guy, so <laughs> I expected more. You get paid, like I see that pointed out, pretty close to Aaron Donald, Khalil Mack type money. How can you be anything except for incredibly disappointed from what we've actually seen? This has nothing to do with what we think he can be, or was it a bad move, or should the Chiefs have paid Chris Jones? That's not this conversation. Based on what he's done so far, how can you say anything but he's been a huge disappointment? Yeah, and he's kind of made me a little silly. I remember being on the show and being like, you have to get out to St. Joe and see this guy. And he was just dominating training camp. And it, that whole feeling and that whole attitude, it, it in a sense, is, has dissipated a little bit here in the regular season. He doesn't look like the player he did last year. Um, he just looks almost uh, a little aloof, if you will. And, and granted, he is getting the attention, I think, uh, Craig, in my defensive film analyst at Arrowhead Pride said, hey, you know, about half the game, uh, they're giving people extra help. But to C. Dot's point, and I agree with you on this, he's not pay, he's not being paid to be a slightly above average player and someone that you know needs extra attention for for half the snaps. He's and big, don't the great players who get paid twenty million dollars almost always get double teamed? Or am I wrong? Well, well, yeah, and and, and that's that's the problem here. And and, and you think back, and, and this is probably. Uh, fitting because you think back to Justin Houston in 2014 he was getting extra attention yeah. but it just didn't matter because he just was so dominant and then when you pay someone like this and it's tough because again you finally fulfilled what they've been going after so you got to remember that uh, sometimes they're not the same player and so far through four games one-fourth of the season you can make the case that Frank Clark isn't the player he was last year there's a lot of time left, so we got to remember that. But, yeah, it is concerning if you're the general manager of the Chiefs in Bread Beach. How worried are you about the run defense? I've seen this notion that run defense doesn't matter in 2019. Where are you at on the run defense? I'm a little worried. Uh, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't feel like they've had an answer so far. I'm interested in seeing how Sunday night goes. I know Marlon Mack isn't practicing yet, but if he does go, how, how he fares against this Run defense. I, I think Patrick Mahomes can always keep you in a game. We saw that Sunday, but at some point along the line here, I mean, you're going to get in, into a game where it's it's not going to be enough and time's going to run out. I feel, especially too, like I think back to last game where, where the Chiefs almost lost, uh, you're really going to get every single team's best shot oh, yeah. and best game plan because, I mean, who knows how the Lions are going to go you know, here on out, you wouldn't be shocked if they end up, you know, not making the playoffs, whatever. So that becomes their biggest game of the year. And I think you're going to see that every week. So you need to be clicking on all cylinders, run defense, pass defense, you know, passing the football, running the football, because teams are going to be looking at this as their Super Bowl. And so to have that glaring of a weakness, that concerns me. There's been a lot of Jalen Ramsey talk and Minka Fitzpatrick talk and CDOT brings up Patrick Peterson every other hour. Is that what they need to do if they add a player, add to the secondary, or maybe would they be better adding to the pass rush? Yeah. And, the, and, and the run stop, more importantly. It, it's it's worthy of debate at this point. I, I, I think it matters how much you, you get from Mo Claiborne. I think this is a player now, you may not see him a ton 
this week, but I, I think week six, week seven, as soon as Claiborne is, is caught up to speed and is ready to go, I, I think he helps out that secondary. And then if you're still getting gashed uh, with the run, maybe maybe it's something else you need instead of a cornerback. Text line 69306. We'll answer your questions with Pete Sweeney coming up in just a little bit. So if you've got one, go ahead and text him in, get to the front of the line. Justin Houston is returning to Kansas City for the first time as a visiting player. How are you going to think back on Justin Houston's time in Kansas City? Because it's very weird. There right. was a time where he was arguably the best defensive player in the NFL. Yep. Then he got the contract, and he was maybe disappointing after he signed the deal. Now that we're removed from it, we saw D. Ford have the great year last year. Frank Clark is in here. How will you remember Justin Houston's time in Kansas City? I think he was a really great player and a really fun player to be around when he was dominant. And then you saw that knee injury. The Chiefs ended up paying him. You know, similar in a sense to Frank Clark, except Clark played in Seattle instead of Kansas City, and he kind of tapered off after that and never really got to be his former self, which everyone expected after you give this guy that salary. Again, there were some injuries and in the, and in, in the, the, his whole knee situation, and I just never thought he was the same. Uh, and then after that, after he was dominant, never really got back to that. He just wasn't a great guy to be around. I mean, that, that's the truth as far as like you know, in the, in the locker room. Um, I, I I never felt like he. Uh, wanted to talk to the media, and I think he was always fighting to get back to the, being that player that he was and just never could do it, and, and you feel for him. This is a game, too, that profile. Like, I think about if there's one game when I know Justin Houston's going to have a good game, it's definitely Sunday. Like, I think he's going to give it his all. Uh, but, y- you know, you're never going to see that guy that, w- that was here in 2014 that was comparable to J.J. Watt that nearly broke the sack record. I mean, that's going to be the best year of his career, and I'm sure about that. It feels like it was such a flash. It was. Like, like when you think back to it, he had three straight years of where he had double-digit sacks. 2012, 2013, 2014. 10, 11, and then jumped and had the big year with 22. Man, after that, seven and a half, four, nine and a half, nine sacks, one sack so far this season. It feels like we got to see great Justin Houston for such a small amount of time. It's like that year Dwayne Bow had. Didn't he have a season where he had like 13 or 15 mm-hmm. touchdowns? Yeah. Like that's what Justin Houston was, then they paid him. Right, and then you you earn your money, and I I think it was less the money though, and that payoff, and more so that he just got he got hit with some weird injuries, and and there was that whole saga about you know whether he got the right surgery. No one really even knows the I, I think exactly what how it shook out behind the scenes, and he just never was the same player again. You know, not, maybe not to his own fault, but uh, it is what it is. Right now, we're joined by Pete Sweeney of Arrowhead Pride. If you got a couple questions, go ahead and text it in. We'll get a couple out of the way. Pete, now that we've seen four games, what do you think about pass interference? Pass interference. I think any time that a head coach challenges pass interference, he's wasting his time, he's wasting my time, your time, everyone's time. I, I don't I don't think the referees are going to reverse it for most of the time unless it's glaring and, and game-changing and you're going to lose the game unless this by some miracle gets overturned. Just do us all a favor. Keep the flag in your pocket. They're not overturning it. They're not overturning it and it's wasting everyone's time. Someone wants you to take a very long look into the future. Who are your six AFC playoff teams if you had to bet on it today? Six AFC playoff teams. If I had to bet it up today, let me help you out, Pete. Chiefs. Well, the Chiefs and the Patriots. The Chiefs and the Patriots. Go. Are 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 the obvious ones. Um, I actually do like the Buffalo Bills. I don't know if I'm putting them in in that mix quite yet. Uh, I think the Cleveland Browns make the playoffs. Um, I something tells me that potentially Minshew Mania can get this thing done in the South. So I guess what I have here is Chiefs and Pats. Um, Chiefs, Pats, Bills, the Browns, the Jaguars, and I need one more 
and I'll take the Ravens for my second wild card team. So there you go. I have I have my six playoff teams: Chiefs, Pats, Ravens, Houston, Buffalo, and Jacksonville. Those so you, are my six you're not teams. you're not buying into the Minshew mania, but I, yeah, I like it. I mean, I, I like I like. Guard- I got him as a wild card team. That's buying in. I'm not buying into Cleveland. I'm I, I have sold all my stock of the Cleveland Browns. I'm not really buying into any of these two and two teams. Like every team the Chiefs have played so far, Pete has won exactly two games. The team they play this week has won exactly two games. The team they play next week has won exactly two games. So there's just so much parity right now. If you made me choose. Give me the Chargers over the Jags as that final wild card team. Yeah, I don't feel great about it though. Phil Rivers, eh, eh, you don't even you don't know, man. Like sometimes you're like, oh, this guy's this guy's got it. Uh, uh, he's one of the better quarterbacks in the NFL. And then other times I'm gonna like they're gonna go eight and eight, aren't they? And so I I just I'm not ready to bet on, on the Chargers. The Raiders would be interesting, but now they 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 got hit uh, on their defense with Burfecht being done for the year. So yeah, uh, I only have the one AFC West team right now. That is my guy, Pete Sweeney. He is the editor-in-chief of Arrowhead Pride. He is also the Plaid Prince. He runs the best Chiefs website best. on all of the internet. That even includes Chiefs.com. You guys have the best Chiefs website I mean, on I left, all the internet. I left for a reason. You, you know? don't, but... I love to, to, make, to make the Chiefs coverage better. <laughs> the only difference is they have the franchise and you guys don't. Other than that, it's neck and neck between you two. I love the franchise. One of the producers at Arrowhead Pride is on the franchise, and I think that's... It's on tonight? It's on tonight. It, it, you it guys ready? New episode today of the franchise. Are we tailgating for this? We, You and I, BK, are going to go tailgate. Yes, that's what we're going to do. I'll be there. That is our guy, Pete Sweeney. Don't he is the editor-in-chief of Arrowhead Anytime Pride. you want to get into some Pete Sweeney. Okay. <laughs> no, no. I'll stay out. Coming, Coming up, we'll go inside the line and get into Pete Sweeney. The mind of the machine. It's next. It's The Drive. The Drive. 610 Sports Radio.